0: All right, party people, we're here with a pre-show. What
1: up?
0: <clears throat> Greg's been making his trip to the great northern reaches of Pittsburgh quite often lately.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. well, again, well, I mean, it's a weird sound. Okay. Is um, that you?
0: I don't know. What sound do you hear?
1: Like a click, like a... Oh, that's... Of the this. tape yes alright
0: if we had gaffers tape it would probably be a lot quieter
1: <clears throat> 399th show uh, and so we're doing a show Wednesday but not, not a show we're doing an interview Wednesday right and uh, sun next Sunday I'll be in um, DC for most of the weekend but I'll be up here for the Sunday show so.
0: big 400
1: big 400 that's right breaking off another hundo <laughs> Nice, four hundred shows. Yeah, we gotta do a switch at that point. I think. Yeah,
0: I was looking at so I um, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna cut and run from Flickr. You know, with Yahoo being Yahoo and all that. Mm. So I doubt I used a program to download everything from Flickr. I have forty seven thousand photos in there, like a hundred gigs of photos, and I uploaded them to. Oh, wait, you just
1: did a wink? I don't know if you knew that.
0: What did I wink for?
1: You said wait, wait, right before you said forty seven thousand, uh, you did a wink. Yeah, you said you wanted to know, so just
0: right. I'm not sure why I would have done that. I wasn't trying to convey anything. I don't think. Wink, wink. Um, Hundred gig of photos. I've uploaded them into Google Photos, but Google's still indexing everything. But it's you know doing facial recognition and all that, and you know item recognition. It's pretty cool so far. Interesting. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, but I've seen a lot of photos of us, you know, 2005 era-ish on the show. Oh, my gosh. Were we baby-faced little kids? Yes, we
1: were. <laughs> we were only 30.
0: <laughs> 27, actually, when we started. Oh, wow. We're drinking the uh, nuclear so yeah, spotted another, cow again.
1: spotted
0: cow. Another spotted
1: cow. Sigh. Pretty good. Okay. I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I sort of, I, I thought about this a little bit more, the the, the uh, simulation argument thing. Okay. And it re- I realized that not only were the, like, okay, so the big, my big problem is with the people like uh, uh, Elon Musk who are advocating that we try to f- not only find out that we're in a simulation but find a way out of it. Mm-hmm. Which, um, to me, first of all, part of the problem is the magnificent egocentrism there. Assuming that, we, just because, okay, let, let's say he's right and we're part of a simulation. Why is that simulation made by people like us? Why isn't it made by a creatures in a gas giant, a plasma creatures in a gas giant, who are trying to understand black holes, and we're just...
0: Something on the fringe. Right,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's no reason why you have to assume that for the simulation argument to be successful. And then, of course, jumping out of the simulation, even if that were possible, which I see no way it was, wouldn't exactly be uh, a good thing. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to uh, you have to put a lot of faith in yeah. your... Um, like, I, how do you even parameterize what reality is at that point.
1: You you can't because you don't if reality is a construct made around you then what does that then that doesn't mean that the reality that that created your contract is anything like the reality that you know. It could be some completely different reality that's trying to make different versions of reality in that sense in your reality is just it is what it is regardless of how it was created. Uh it only means that there was an impetus behind the creation of your reality, as opposed to it being natural. That's the only difference mm-hmm. that I can see. Um, in, in addition, the whole concept because we you, sh- you sent me a, a link to a paper about yeah. uh, there was some a paper on the archive about uh, from
0: twenty twelve.
1: But I'm saying it was like it, it was people trying to figure out how to determine if we're in a simulation or not. And their idea was that there are these things called whale fermions, and they we only have a way of, of sort of guessing and kind of faking our way through how they work. And from what I could tell from the paper, the, the whole concept was, well, if nature works this way, the whole concept that nature should be – nature doesn't tell lies, is science, essentially – Right. We nature is not trying to fool you. You may not understand it. You may not have the right concepts, but nature is never trying to fool you. If nature is trying to fool us, then we have some leg up and but then you make the assumption then that you're in a simulation as opposed to that there's something trying to fool you. Right. It's it's just you're jumping huge gaps to to make to to try to understand these things.
0: That's a good point, you yeah, know, so okay. All of a sudden, nature is trying to fool mm-hmm. us, but jumping straight into simulation might not be the yes. best answer. Or the What if it's a wizard? Right. Definitely. What if it's... A... Right. It, it could be a being amongst you who mm-hmm. has superpowers that can bend the rules of physics.
1: I mean, there's any number of possibilities, it's and that, you can't just jump to, well, okay, that means we're living in a simulation.
0: They're all equal fantastical, right? Yeah.
1: So the uh, the only reason, I guess, that this has taken off is because it's a new religious thing. Because, like I said, it goes back to that whole ego thing where, well, there, there must be, there. we must have the ability in the future to simulate things, oh so therefore we have to be simulating ourselves, and therefore it gives people a new... God to worship I
0: guess. I can you remember the can you imagine like the new cult of Elon where like they're giving their like tithing to try to crack out of the you know.
1: <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> it it's not hard to imagine cuz you see it all the time.
0: Uh, so I saw a story on Washington Post yesterday where America people living in America there there's two groups of people with different realities in America. Like if you just article was basically the amount of facts that the left and the right agree on and like like the this thing i I don't know where they got their numbers from but it was like 82 percent of facts people don't even agree on Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: where it's like way up from what it used to be and that just that that makes me so like distraught i'm like
1: it's it's an it's definitely different than it used to be uh, and there's there's a lot of things you can blame for that part of it is our ability to wall ourselves off from uh, from these concepts. what you don't want to hear and uh, yeah it's i I hesitate to 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 make too much of a value judgment on it because I it's hard to f- to know when you're immersed in it. It really is. It's hard to...
0: It... Yeah, but I mean, politics... I mean, maybe I'm being too short-sighted here, but, you know, politics should be people generally agreeing about the facts and dis- disagreeing on the policy yeah. or the ways to solve it. I think that When I... you start disagreeing on the facts, oh, how does that even work? I mean, that sounds like you need to, like, move all the left to the left and the right to the right and put up a fence, you know?
1: <laughs> well, the the problem is that that's, I mean, that's always going to happen. It, like, like, if you did that, if you move the left to left yeah. and right to right, it wouldn't be a stable situation. Right. It be just the left would stay left and the right would stay right. They would then have their own schisms. Yeah. And
0: No, you're right. You're right. But it's like, how do we get back from this point where people can't agree on basic facts anymore? It, it, it's
1: uh, awful. How do we... How do we solve the problem of entropy of the universe? Okay. <laughs> I mean, some things some things you can't bottle back up. Mm-hmm. Some things you have to adapt to. Uh, and this is one of those things, I think. It, it, it's, not, it's not a situation where we can make America great again. We have to live in the new America. Right. right. And make our way through that. That is the... That, to me, is the Lesson. Right. Sad. Yeah, sad, to say the least.
0: So there are currently nine women accusing Donald Trump Don't of, want to talk
1: about this. Do not want to talk about politics. Okay. Don't want to talk about that person anymore. Not today. Okay. I'll talk a little more about Elon Musk. really, actually, Bezos. Because I, I had a change of heart, I think, about... Um, about what Bezos is doing.
0: And your old heart was that was this when you're talking about where their their landings wasn't nearly as complicated right. as right. as SpaceX's landings. Right.
1: Yeah. And it it's true, but what Bezos is doing seems to be like a more careful and meticulous approach mm-hmm. to doing this. And Musk is going for moonshot, 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 moonshot. And now, of course, when one of them blew, blows up, they have no idea what happened, <laughs> and they still, I don't think, have a good idea of what.
0: I saw. I didn't read the article. Yeah. I saw a headline uh, yesterday, the day before, where they're honing in on the root right. cause. But, yeah.
1: but the with the Glenn, um, mm-hmm. the new Glenn, they, they know how that thing works, and you know, if that would have blown up, well, they would have known what was the problem, because they're not jumping through all these steps. I mean. What what he's been able to do, what SpaceX has been able to do is amazing, but the fact that they can't really figure out what happened makes me think that they're doing this a little bit too fast. Or they're jumping quite quickly into these mm-hmm. situations.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how... Because, you know, they just recently announced uh, Blue Origin, their next couple of rockets. They're mm-hmm. named after the astronaut who first did suborbital flight. Yeah. Right. Then the first one in orbit. So it was, what, New Glenn, New Shepard.
1: Well, I mean, it, then... what they're doing is they're doing basically that process. They, yeah. they, Gemini, then Mercury, and then Apollo. Yeah. Right? They're, they yeah. are starting with, okay, get us into space. Mm-hmm. Then, all right, get us into orbit. And then work with uh, getting us to the moon. So it's like right. they didn't just say, all right we're going to go to the moon. We're going to do it in one shot, which is a little bit like what Musk is doing a little.
0: Right. No, I hear you. It's, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I have been reading a couple articles since you shared that opinion about blue origin. And it seems like, I mean, it's a top notch organization. They got their plan. So Mm -hmm. I'm optimistic that they're, you know, not just gonna stop at doing the easy thing. Yeah, they're gonna go to the moon and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> gonna do the other things, not because they are easy, but because I am hard. For in my row Yeah, they're going to uh... execute Order Sixty Six. Star Wars. <laughs> so I
0: had to ask you this week. I'm like, was that the Plinkett Review where they say Goonies didn't hold up?
1: Yeah. And yes, they did. But they said other things in
0: that. Yeah. You said I... they also said jazz wasn't music. Yeah,
1: they said jazz wasn't music. And I don't, I don't think Nick would appreciate that or agree. But uh, actually, we did have a... Nick and I had an argument about um, the... Uh, you probably don't know John Cage and his uh, piece called 433. I don't. It is four minutes and 33 seconds of silence. Okay. It is a symphony piece. It is written down in music. You know, there's written music for it, but it's just four minutes and 33 seconds of silence. Well, that's an easy score to write. <laughs> um, the implication, I mean, the argument was not, on the no- not about how novel it was and all the other things, because I agree that it was novel and it was a piece of art. The argument was whether it's music, and no one it's
0: performed. Do the musicians? Do they have their instruments on their laps? Do they have them at the ready? Are they pretending to play silent Usually notes? They,
1: from what I've seen, for example, one person I, I saw one uh, one performance of it where a person is at the piano. He opens it up, and then he closes it at like you, then he opens it up again, then he closes it. So, but the idea, so the concept is, the music is the sound of your environment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Music comes from all the other things that are happening around you and all the other things. Mm-hmm. But to me, that is, well, I admit it, art, it's art, that's not music. Because the whole mm-hmm. point of music is, like language, you're putting together a particular sentence. Mm-hmm. You're putting together a particular pattern and you are giving that pattern to somebody else for them to interpret it how they will, right. but you have a pattern. Well, All like, this is is the duration, and anything can happen in that duration. Anything. So right. you have a wide space of variable, too, too wide for it to be considered
0: a music piece. I'm with you, I mean, because think of other pieces of art that are actually sonic, which you probably wouldn't consider music. Mm-hmm. Slam Poetry. Right? I mean, you generally wouldn't consider that music, but it it's musical in nature. Yeah, it has a beat. It's a... Right. And if you don't consider that music, how can you consider a silent piece of orchestra song mm-hmm. music? It's only even, um, it's portrayed as music because it's part of a bigger musical piece. But you know, no, it's, so, it's a standalone a, piece. Oh, oh, I see. I thought I thought it was like okay, you know, after this song we go into a 4- no, 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 no. It's, oh.
1: it's a it's a musical piece on its own. It's it's, but it's meant to be considered as the the music is the music around you. Sure, but again, that's not music. That's sound and it's interesting and there's art to it and I understand what he's going for. Mm-hmm. But to call that music is. Is going too too far, particularly for somebody who is you know getting his masters in in, in jazz. I feel like oh, so Nick was leaning towards that yeah, being music. Yeah, I feel like he's especially when he complains to me about people in his class who don't understand music. I'm like, well, then how can you how can you complain about these people when you are just saying that music can be anything and any, any possibility? You're you're changing the nature of, of what you think just to accommodate this piece as opposed to.
0: I would like to explore the boundary between music and not music I mean I don't know where it is off the top of my head to
1: me to me it's it's very similar to the boundary between language and nonsense if, mm-hmm. you know a, a cap dirt worm symphony orange it's a string of meaningless words they are words and you can pick them out because you know English and you want to know those words but that doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. it was just a a series of, of words that I came up with because they were on the forefront of my mind. Who knows why, but that wasn't language. That was a series of words.
0: You just passed the code to your Russian handlers, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I I think that, that's the distinction to me, is, is that right. words, music, they have meaning to them. They, in some way, they have meaning that can be derived by another person. They're... they're They're encoded. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, to my handlers, there is something to be extracted there. Mm -hmm. There There's something, uh, there's a point to it.
0: Right, right. Uh, You know, like I mentioned slam poetry earlier. There's information.
1: There's information carried by
0: it. It's more, yeah, I'm not sure I'm asking for an answer. I'm I'm asking as a, a point of inquiry for myself, right? Like where would I draw... That line of because, like, lots of things you'd say, yes, music, no, not music. But where, what's the one thing where you're like, hmm, you know, like, I, I would like to kind of do that exploration at some point, try to figure out how to do that.
1: I mean, to me, simply measuring a duration that's a measurement, that's not, a, that's no,
0: not, a music. I'm with you. This, this 4, 4, 433 thing, I agree 100% with what you said. It's artistic, it expresses, it's expressive, but you can't call it music, because it's set as a music piece.
1: Right. So, yeah, what... So, I would say that you could call a lot of things music, but I, I think that there has to be some... Uh, something that you're conveying with it. Even, like, even if you do say, uh, this radio signal that we're getting from that that's somehow caused by Jupiter's magnetic field it's bouncing to us and mm-hmm. you can call that music well yeah because there's a structure to it there's definite things that you are putting there so you can call that music I suppose I, I don't know whether it would it, whether it's communicating anything other than you or somebody pick that piece that part of the radio signal and how it translates out to
0: Yeah, see I'm not sure I would call a natural phenomenon maybe I call it musical but not music to me music is mm. So something wait. that is performed or composed or something. I, so I what think a bird that's, song. I think I would call that musical and not music. Okay. I think music is a piece of art. So okay, music that isn't art, right? Hollering, right, isn't necessarily art because that was a form of communication. So you know, again, I'm I'm just kind mm-hmm. of exploring this you know i haven't put a ton of thought into it i don't know if we're going to if it's going to be compelling mm. thoughts spending too much time on this but that was just top of mind where you know that's kind of contradicts what i just said right cuz Cause, yeah. cause, i mean now they now hollering is there is music in there but when it you know it wasn't
1: when it's not intended it, it as wasn't art, art it's not well i don't i mean i don't know i i i understand that that thinking uh i don't know if i agree yeah i uh, mean i kind of don't agree yeah. either because especially if you take some of that and use it in musical piece, then you would admit, yes, that's music.
0: So, and then what about like, um, like Mandarin or something where intonation mm-hmm. is a big part of the language? Yeah, There's well, that, tones in that there. That gets so. into
1: some very interesting philosophical questions about music. Mm-hmm. How, what, what kind of a role do, does, how much are we culturally separating music? And uh, mm-hmm. as, as a specific thing, and how much of it is is sort of in how our brains have developed. We should have this conversation with Nick's in the room. Probably should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> let's see what else. Um, I was looking into some interesting things, and uh, I came up with the or I, I learned about a chemistry thing I had no concept of it that existed, the, the forbidden transition. Okay. Um, essentially, from what I could gather, there are certain types of it's One. So th- this was somebody had taken seawater and was able to make it glow by putting the right kind of putting it under the right kind of ultraviolet light. And the question was, why? Why would this happen? With, with either seawater or even just Pure water, it might have been just uh, distilled water. It would glow under a certain type distilled of. Distilled water? Yeah. Or, like. Just plain water, just plain H2O. H2O. Yeah.
0: Okay, I, when you said seawater, I was thinking, you know, there's lots of reasons mm-hmm. it could
1: fluoresce. Yeah, but th- th- this was not, I think about it. It was just, it was, I think it was distilled water. And the reason that they came up with was something called a forbidden transition, which the idea is essentially you, you put a lot of energy into. Uh, some system
0: well, I mean when you're shining light UV light it's high energy light it's going to be putting energy in so that I would think it's kind of like the um oh um, was it turn off radiation or, or um, it's radiation of,
1: it's, it's not that but it's similar in a sense it, the idea is that you're putting all this energy in and there are transitions that the water cannot go through, so it's forced to kind of jump around to a different sort of transition. Um, and that has it radiating away some of that energy. At least that, that's thats what I got mm-hmm. from it. It was It's a cool concept.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, the shrink of radiation, right? That, I mean, that's really cool. We talked about that before, but it's basically the particles are trying to get to... Maybe you should describe it. You okay. probably can do it better than I can now. I'm a little, a little foggy on it.
1: There is... Um, we talk about c, the speed of light, and the speed of light is uh, the maximum of speed is c. Uh, but that has to do with this, if the two variables inside of a medium. There's the uh, permeability <coughs> and uh, some other. <laughs> the one is permeability. Uh, th- basically, it has to do with, with how um, how electromagnetic radiation can travel through any mm-hmm. kind of uh, material. Um, when light can... So so when you when we talked about going through glass, we talked about that, I think, last show or something, when light goes through glass, it's slowed by 40%. Um, you can still then have a high enough energy or, or find some way to get light to travel faster than that slowdown. Mm-hmm. That causes, essentially, the light to go faster than the speed of light in that material. And that, it's never going to go faster than C, but it's going to go faster right. than it normally would, and that causes, just like a shock wave, that right. causes the light to eventually bound up and cause this burst—a shock wave of light, essentially, when that's nuclear right. radiation,
0: a bow shock or a sonic boom type thing mm-hmm. of light. Yeah, and you typically see this in reactors when you have, um, you know, the particles, you know, the gamma rays, the beta, whatever. Right, because a very through...
1: high energy electron, say, going mm-hmm. through glass, is a charged particle, and that's moving faster than the than the light would normally go through. And so that's releasing, you know, because it's it's a moving, it's an accelerating charged particle, so it's going to release light. Mm -hmm. And that is going to then uh, release light faster than it should go in the material and comes out the shrink a radiation. Bunches up, essentially. Mm -hmm. Right?
0: You said better than I could have, because while I did look at it before, you know, it's been months since I've thought about it, so...
1: It's it's a cool it's it, it's a very cool thing and that's why uh, reactors have a, like a blue glow mm-hmm. because they're they're glowing in that uh, radiative spectrum that it also reminds me of I saw this article in Scientific American about how people don't understand some luminescence which is like what a mantis shrimp can do okay which is it moves its uh, claw extremely fast causes a cavitation
0: oh uh, okay. Pistol shrimp, or yeah, is that mantis yeah. shrimp too? Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: yeah, it causes a cavitation, and then for uh, an unknown reason, there is a brief flash of light—very brief. Turns out, I looked into it. It's really not. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not I a mean, It's not as understood as a sort of. Gave. I mean, the the concept was brought up in the article, but it was the one that I looked into and the one that has the most research behind it, which is that. Um, inside this tiny cavitating thing, it gets very, very hot very quickly mm-hmm. in that little tiny area, uh, and it's not pure water. There are other things dissolved into it. One of the things that dissolved into it are noble gases, argon, t- t- z- oh, okay. argon stuff. those can lose their <laughs> electrons and turn into a plasma relatively easily. Right in that heat, so then they do, and. That makes charged particles. Suddenly, you have a... not neutral; you have charged particles in mm-hmm. there, which are moving around. There's right. light, and then it quickly comes back into a stable state, collapses. There you go. You yeah,
0: know, there was there was no
1: second flash of light. Totally explained.
0: Yeah, there was a um, Radio Lab about the pistol shrimp, and they they, they gave it the slow roll like they like to do. Like they started out uh, in World War II um submarine operators they would like to find beds of shrimp that were making these clicky sounds because uh, on sonar it sounds almost like static more separated out more individual clicks than static but you know just a bunch of <laughs> and they would the submarines would hide in the beds like next to the beds of shrimp to mask their sounds and then you know they got into doing the research and you know people were trying to figure out how this click was happening what it was for and um you know, not very long ago, less than, I think, less than 10 years ago, they were doing high-speed camera stuff, and they they finally caught that little shockwave. Yeah. Um, and what it's for is it's to make a shockwave that the shrimp can use to stun its prey. So if a fish, a fish or something swing by, it'll go snap, and that shockwave will stun the prey so they can grab it.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's a really cool evolutionary, you know, probably something that happened to find. The mm-hmm. shrimp just happened to be lucky. And that's the that's the random walk of the evolution. It falls into these things.
0: Yeah, yeah. and their claws made so it can like basically it cocks and then yeah. like it just snaps shut like a trap.
1: It's cool. It's really cool. But that that is a cool idea that you can do that and create light. Uh, but it looks like that's a it's decently explained.
0: There's actually. Um what was it There, people are, you know because it's such a high energy thing they're like you know so researchers are saying like what can we invent some kind of you know use for this energy well can we create it and you know get and harness the energy you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. and uh, so you know people there are people are...
1: who who brewed a beer with it <laughs> yeah really yes huh yeah brewing with cavitation let's see Uh, this technology is about to revolutionize beer making they say but it's essentially uh, cavitation
0: so you're gonna have the, the right Reducing the pressure within the liquid so that it boils. Oh, so okay, so they're they're essentially doing they're putting it under a vacuum, so you get these vapor bubbles, and then you slam the pressure back in, and that causes it to to do its cavitation thing. Uh, so it looks like.
1: So this a rotating impeller which generates low pressures at a fast moving tips. Uh process and I guess they rapid collect- so they instead of boiling mm-hmm. the whole mixture, they cavitate the mixture. They make a whole bunch of cavitations and they use that to extract and brew.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean if you can make enough heat for that, right, you can No, uh, it's it's, not, it's you can't use it for power generation though, right? Because you're going to be putting as much energy yeah, in as you're getting out. Yeah, absolutely. So, I wonder if it might be a more efficient way. You know, I wonder if you could improve the efficiency. No, because I, you know, your steam turbines are. You know, I was wondering if there's a way to improve efficiency with transferring, you know, putting the energy into the steam or something like
1: there that. There might but, be. But it would require a lot of research into this to get to a whole understanding of something, and then work from there to figure out a way to mechanically make that happen. But I I don't. There's not a direct way that we know of to. Yeah,
0: but I mean, you know, instead of you know, instead of just a burner, right? You have this cavitation hybrid system, Mm -hmm. and maybe you can get the energy into steam easier. I mean,
1: I I think what they're working with is a different way of uh, extracting the sugars and stuff, and doing and doing that doing mm-hmm. a brewing process uh, without necessarily di- the direct heating, uh, but I don't know whether it's about energy. it's It's more about right it's just, yeah it's interesting. yeah, I'll have
0: to look at that article.
1: I will I'll put it on our thing or slacky slack.
0: MIT made beer with cavitation.
1: What else do we have?
0: Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen that before.
1: Oh no, you did.
0: Um. We <clears throat> <clears throat> through all that.
1: <laughs> I I've I watched the first episode of Westworld. I haven't watched any more of it yet.
0: Okay. Good. Not good. Yeah. Huh.
1: I'm I'm not compelled to watch more, but I'll... You know, people seem to like it, so maybe I'll watch a couple more. It's not like I'm turned off by it. It just wasn't...
0: Uh, okay, I haven't seen it, so... I, I've heard people talking about it.
1: So, yeah, I don't know about that. We'll see. Want to do some beers? We can do some beers. Alright. Let me... Uh,